third culture kids. Those who are, or were as children, raised in a culture other than that of their parents, or other than that of their country of nationality. In episode three, I talked to Mitch about being international parents to third culture kids. Today, we will talk to someone who lived through this experience as the child. Today's guest was born in the USA to a German dad and a Belgian mom. She was raised with three languages and the constant balance between the culture of her family and the culture of her community. Vanessa Kitchen is here to talk through the international kids' perspective in retrospect. Yes, she's a kitchen. Lucky for me, Vanessa married my brother, and she became a part of our family. But we also became a part of hers, and they're the ones we're going to hear about today. Welcome, Vanessa, to Balancing Cultures. I did this interview with Mitch, episode three. He is Australian, married to a Japanese woman, and they are currently living in Thailand and just had a baby. Okay. Our talk was about, like, as the parents of third culture kids, what are our questions about how we're going to raise our kids? What are our expectations? What are the things that we know will be challenging mm -hmm. about trying to raise kids to still understand our cultures, even though they don't live in either of our cultures? You are kind of the retrospect of our kids' experience because you grew up with parents from two different cultures and then you lived in a third culture. Mm -hmm. So you're basically living the life that my kids are starting right now. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Aww. So now you can connect with your niece and nephew even more. I really like this idea of you giving a little bit of a retrospective look on what it was like to be the kid what it was like to grow up with these parents from two different cultures, and then you're living in a third, and what that's like to kind of help me understand maybe where my kids are going to be in, we won't say how many years. A generation, yes. A, a generation. The question is, what countries and cultures do your parents come from? So my mom was born and raised in the Belgium Congo, which in and of itself was a very interesting upbringing for her. Uh, she lives in, lived in the Congo for about 10 years, and then she was raised in Ostenda in Belgium. And then my father was born and raised in Germany. And do you feel that your parents are those cultures? Because with your mom growing up in kind of two different Belgian environments, do you think she is Belgian? She represents that? I think that's a really good question. If I reflect to her, I think she's a very nice mix of... I mean, she's obviously mostly Belgian, but she has brought home to us also the African culture when she was living there. So that's been very interesting for us. It's also part of my life that I never really considered how different that was for us. But we do eat some of those meals and I have some of the decoration, as does she. So that's very cool. And then your dad was born and raised and lived in Germany up until he met your mom, and then they moved to the U.S.? Well, they moved around a couple times. They moved to Sweden for a couple years, Oh, and then they moved to the U.S. So then growing up, did you consider yourself German or Belgian? Or being a first-generation American, born and raised in America, were you totally American? You know, that's a toughie. And I don't think I ever felt totally American, despite there being a time in my life that 
I wanted to be totally American. Um, but ultimately, I just didn't want to neglect my, my European roots. Belgium and Germany was home to me, as was America. So there was just that balancing act. But my mom always said that I was a true Aimka, which is my maiden name. So she was basically saying that I was German. At the end of the day, I think I'm a, a blend of all three. And that suits me just fine now. So you're saying that there were elements, European elements, to your upbringing. You weren't completely American in your upbringing. So what were some of those European traditions or cultural connections that your parents put value on? Everything really felt normal to me growing up. But in retrospect, I see that there were a lot of components that were European versus American the biggest one I can think of is Christmas time, especially in the German sense. So while we had the American Santa Claus come, we also celebrated St. Nicholas from Belgium. And, and then we also celebrated the Weihnachtsmann and all the Christmas Eve components. We had good like Buntatella and Kerstronk and all that good stuff that comes with Christmas that makes me hungry every time I think about it. <laughs> and then, of course, our big Christmas meal was goose and red cabbage, which I do remember growing up and not telling anybody that we ate that because that was just quote unquote weird to Americans life. <laughs> Other parts too. I mean, my sister and I always laughed that there was a severe oversight with my mom in Belgium. They eat French fries with every meal and we just didn't get to do that. And that's still to this day. I don't understand why she didn't want us having French fries every day, <laughs> which was you know, really not fair, but I made sure to eat my fair share when we went over in the summer. Quick question related to that. Do you do mayonnaise or ketchup with your fries? Mayonnaise, 100%, but not in the States. If I eat French fries here, it's Heinz ketchup. Heinz ketchup. Did your parents try to balance or limit the amount of American influence on you and your sister? Or did they accept, we live in America, we have American daughters, this is just the life we live? There were certain parts of my life that they really wanted to allow us to become Americanized because they accepted that whether good or bad, you know, this America was our home. I grew up mostly in Pittsburgh, so they really wanted us to feel comfortable here. When they had moved to Pittsburgh, they weren't sure how long we were staying, so they just immersed us. So for the most part, I think they just enjoyed watching us and learning from us as well because this was a whole new life for them. Things started to get, though, a little bit rocky when I became a teenager and my social <laughs> life was kicking in. You know, a really good example, I think it's very American that when you're dating somebody, you invite them over, they come in your house, you have a meal together. And my mom always said, you don't bring somebody home unless you intend on marrying them. I was constantly being told things like, well, in Europe, we don't do that. And we're not going to do that just because we live here. And of course, as a teenager, I really like to say something along the lines of we live in America, not in Europe, do it this way, because I, of course, couldn't understand. But, you know, for me, and I still as an adult, I don't think it's an invasion of privacy to have somebody in the home in the, on that level. But for them still to this day, I think they feel that way. I wonder with a lot of things with culture and the people I meet, if things are generational or regional, or if it's related to their family and how they were brought up. So if it's not necessarily that, let's say it's your mom speaking, that it's Belgian way is this way, if maybe it was her mom had that perspective and then she adopted that perspective. And there is no way to ever know that because she will go to her dying day and say, this is so American, or she'll say, this is so European. As far as like that situation to this day, if I were to ask her, 
why wasn't I allowed to bring boyfriends over for dinner? She would be like, oh, we don't do that in, in Europe. No, no, no. That's an invasion of, you know, our time, our safe zone, our house. No, no, no. And it, and that was just what I had to accept, you know? And I mean, I have to accept that for them too. They were also at the time just understanding bits and pieces of the American way of life and they weren't sure what worked for them and what didn't work for them. So like I said, she'll still say things like that's so American and I do believe that after even all these years, things take them by surprise. Yeah. Did you become an American girl in a way? Did you completely blend in with your friends and at school? Or were you still seen as like the European kid? Well, I think that there was a lot of pushback from my parents against the type of individualism that American society values. You know, there's a kind of fit yourself into a mold. I think Europeans are more forced to conform to standards where Americans feel that they can be big and bold in their identities, which is awesome in their own right. And that might be a stretch now. They haven't lived there so many years, but that's how it felt for us growing up. So as the all-American girl, it was noticeable for me and, and, and embarrassing at certain points that they had strong accents or that I wore different clothing. And And my parents were very strict. I mean, that's just... That was just the way it went. And was that different than some of the American girls that I knew? I felt that way. It could not have been. It could have just been me feeling like I didn't have the social life somebody else had. But, mm. you know, that's just that's just the way it goes. I mean, and there were things I think about, too. Like, dang it, I just wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my lunch. But my mom would make these incredible lunches. I mean, now I'm like, oh, man, I could really go for some gourmet sandwich. But... No, no. At the time, I just wanted peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, and you know, chocolate milk or something. And no, mom had to put a very European meal in my pack lunch. Oftentimes, I'd shove half of it back in because I didn't want to be embarrassed. It's such a shame that as a teenager and adolescent, you feel the sense to conform. And actually, I don't know if that might be different now, but I think Europeans don't really have that pressure from teaching in the middle school and high school levels at an international school here in Germany with a lot of German students as well. You know what? I think it's a I think it's just a rite of passage regardless of which community you live in and which cultures you're interacting with. I think there is this phase that all people go through where they're trying to decide what level of individuality they want and what level of conformity they want and what feels right for them in trying to build their own social community around them. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure some of it has to do with culture and Americanism, but I think part of that's just being a, a teenager. Everyone's embarrassed about their parents. <laughs> Absolutely. I just feel like I had that extra layer. I mean, my mom was half round Schweiger sandwiches and, and that's weird, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But as a kid, you just don't want to tell kids, my mom is packing me some liver blend with spices. And mm. yeah, yeah, it sounds <laughs> awful when you put it like that. <laughs> you said teaching earlier, too. I think one of the things I felt really different about was that every Saturday morning, my sister and I were dragged to German school for four hours. And I, we couldn't have sleepovers on Friday nights. And it was infuriating that you know, at eight o'clock in the morning, I was in school again on a Saturday learning German, which by the way, I think I have a kindergarten writing level after all those years, much to their dismay. But 
This is something that came up in episode three when I was talking to my friend Mitch, because we're both international parents now. So we're in the position that your parents were in. Mm -hmm. And we talked about trying to get, so his wife is Japanese. And then, you know, my husband, your brother-in-law is Finnish. And what do we do to try and support these languages when we're not living in those countries? Mitch specifically said, you can't do Saturday school. That doesn't make a kid hate school. That makes a kid hate the language. Would you agree with that? I actually do not agree with that, but not. I think I understand his perspective because you're going to send a kid to Saturday school. I mean, that just sounds horrible, no matter if you're doing it to bake cakes. You know, I, I think I think I really love that I learned German fluently. It was just the social, like, oh my gosh, I have to go to German school. And I hated that. We, my sister and I both hated to have to do that. We felt like we had to do it as opposed to that just coming naturally. I mean, I went to German school and I was taught just the way all kiddos were in, in Germany. And at the end of the day, like I you know said earlier, I cannot write well. I, the grammar for crying out loud, I still can't pick up all of that. But I speak, I think I speak relatively well. And, and I never went to school to learn Dutch, which is the, the Flemish. But I picked up on that just naturally being around my family. So I think that it would have been okay either way. Had they not sent us to German school, I think we would have picked up on German. Just because, like, like I said, we picked up on Flemish just as quickly. It was another thing that came up when Mitch and I were talking was, okay, maybe through conversation and home and cartoons or whatever, so, you know, media, we can get them to speak these languages, but reading and writing is a whole nother question. And you're saying even with going to Saturday school, you struggle with the reading and writing aspect. Yes. I think that if you're going to send your child to learn a foreign language and you want that to become very deeply rooted for them. I think then it actually has to be more than just Saturday school. Like I said, I walked away with a fluent language, but I think that was more because we spoke German at home hmm. instead of you know, this amazing education. I, I can read, I can write, just not, I can't write well. Then, and I think that's the take home there. The other thing that came up with Mitch, because I feel like you are just the complete reflection of all the things we talked about, was the motivation and putting value on those languages, are our kids actually going to want to speak the languages? Despite having to go to Saturday school, were you motivated to learn the native languages of your mom and dad? I didn't know any different. So there was at no point that I said, oh, I really have to learn this for mom and dad. That was just what we did. There was really no second thought about it. I think that there was probably a point in my, my parents' life that they thought maybe they would go back and they wanted us to have that. I think like now for my own children, they know words here and there. It was never important for me to to teach them German, despite that being a big language in my life. And, you know, it's just not important for, for our life right now. So your parents did consider moving back to Europe. I know that they moved to New York City to begin just was supposed to be a five-year contract. My sister and I were both born in the States during that time. And after five years, they were supposed to move back, and that would have been Germany. So my first language and my sister's was German. But then dad got a contractor and an extension for an additional five years to be in New York. And then shortly thereafter, the company said, just kidding, you need to go to Pittsburgh. 
and that's where I landed now. And there came a time when I think I was maybe eight or nine and my, my sister was older, she's 13 or 14, that there was a opening for dad to move back to Germany. We were Americanized by then, my sister and I, and I think that would have just been a really big move. They weren't really worried about me. I would have gone with the flow. I would have been fine. But my sister's personality is very different than mine, and I think they were worried that she would regress, and they just weren't willing to take that chance. Do you ever think what life would have been like if you moved back at that time? I I really do. There are moments that I tell my parents, why didn't you move back there? But I'm certain that if we had moved back there, I would have been sitting here. Our paths wouldn't have crossed Megan and I wouldn't have met your brother. But I would have said, why did we leave America? There's there's always a want on the other side. I'm sure I would have felt the other way around had we moved. Yeah. You told us about the boyfriend stuff. But were there other cases where you rebelled or at least wanted to rebel against the European traditions and values? You know, there was a time... There was a time I did just want to be an all-American kid. I didn't want to have to accept what my parents' version of American meant because for me, that wasn't right. Of course, as a teenager, nothing your parents do was right. But I was also very conflicted. I was very, um, half of me loved being American. Being American was so cool and, and being American was easy, you know, and but then I'd go to Europe and love that life. So it was I was very conflicted internally. I think the the bigger issue for me was that my parents being so European strict, that's probably the only thing I wanted to rebel against. And it didn't they were not budging. They never budged. Well, you just said that you would go to Europe. How often and how connected did you feel to Europe itself, other than through your parents? I think that Europe is is home to me in a lot of ways. We have gone every summer. We would leave the day after school let out and come back maybe a week, maybe two before school started. So we were there for a couple weeks every single summer. I have never, knock on wood, missed an opportunity to go. I think when I'm there, it's just so easy. And that's only because we've gone so frequently. And that's just another just another home. And and when I say there, I have to I do have to admit that's Belgium. Despite that I speak German far better than I speak Flemish, Belgium is much more comfortable to me. But I'm very lucky we've gone to the same apartment that my family's had for years. And that town in and of itself is just home. It's it's like Pittsburgh to me. And I love it. And that's a tradition that you want to keep alive with your kids. Traveling to Europe and having them have this physical connection to the place is important to you. Yes. I believe that that's because... It's such an important part of my life, my childhood, and it's home. And and the rest of my family lives there, and I'm very close to my family. And, of course, now in some twist of fate, you know, my sister-in-law, my niece and nephew, they live in Europe, and we have to make sure it works. I also want my kids to love going to Europe in general. You know, Belgium might fall off the map at some point in their life, but I also want them to feel really excited to go to other, other parts. and. In order to do that, I personally think as a parent, you have to immerse them. I have brought my kids every single year for their whole lives to Europe. Both my kids were two months old the first time they went over there, which sounds crazy. But in America, we don't have very long maternity leave. So I had to squeeze that in before I had to go back to work. So they're they're used to that there. That's home for them too. I mean, we'll have conversations and 
my little one will say, like, oh, do you remember when are we going home to Ostenda? Do you remember where we go get the fritches? And and she just, that's home for her. That's that's a part of home. And my son will say the same thing. You know, when are we going? I want to go play with, you know, friends that he knows. And we always play together that are his age. And that's that's just what they do. That's what they know. And even though you haven't done any languages with them, are they comfortable being in an atmosphere where people are speaking other languages? I think so, but that's because my parents live here in Pittsburgh. So they hear German, which, of course, Belgium barely, I mean, 1% of the population in Belgium speaks German, but they're used to hearing a different tone, let's just say, like a different tone. And for them, my whole family speaks English, so that's easy. And, you know, Europeans, they're just, they learn English. So my, my kiddos know that. So they can always, they know they can always ask for something in English and it will mm. most often be understood. I think that's good. But I also like that even though they know they can ask in English, it doesn't make them nervous that people around them are speaking other languages. Where I think some kids, if they didn't have that exposure through your parents and through traveling to Europe... It might make them nervous that they're hearing conversations that they can't understand. I think that thing's accurate. I'm, that really is a good though example of why my sister, when my parents were choosing whether to move back to Germany or not at that time, she she would not have been comfortable with that. And my children are very different. They, I don't want to say embrace it. They just don't care. It's they don't understand a word that's going on in Flemish, but that's fine. It's home. They have French fries. They're happy. <laughs> And the waffles. And the, oh my gosh, the waffles, yes. Now I want to go back. I've only been once, but that was one of the most delicious trips of my life. I know. It's, my mouth is watering, Megan. Watering. (laughs) Well, now that you're a mom and you can look back on the decisions that your parents made about where to live and how to live, with this new perspective, mom perspective, or even just a bit of distance from the time, do you see your parents in a new light? I think as a mom now, I reflect on them and I really appreciate their hesitancy to bring us back to Europe just because that would have been a culture shock no matter how intertwined we were. We had all American friends and that's just the way that it was. And so as a mom, I'm really empathetic to that And I'll be the first to admit, Matt and I, my husband, we've also tossed around moving even for five years to Europe at some point. And we probably should have decided to do that sooner because our son, who will be 10 this year, oh my God. Oh my goodness. It's just getting to the point where we really have to consider him. And he's easygoing and outgoing, but that's still a big culture shock for him despite being comfortable there. So again, as a parent now, I really appreciate that they did that for us, but I can appreciate too. I mean, even if I think about wanting to move there myself for a couple years, maybe not forever, but a couple years, like I still get this jolt in my heart because I really would like to do it. So I can't imagine how my parents feel. I mean, for them, probably every day they're like, oh, that's home, you know, like that's where I want to be. But then of course, home is here too. My mom once said to us that she feels like a foreigner in both countries So I really, that's a really deep perspective because, yeah, I mean, I don't stop to think about that, despite that she is now also a U.S. citizen, I'd like to add. Yes. Um, But yeah, she feels like a foreigner in both countries. And I don't think I want that for my kids. I want them to feel comfortable in one place and then explore everywhere else, but still stay grounded. 
these are the things that I've got to consider for our kids as well. Because I feel like I'm going to end up feeling like your mom does. Because I'm definitely a foreigner here. I am American. I'm never not going to be American. It is who I am. But I love living in Germany. And the longer I live in Europe, when I come back to America, there are things now that I have these alternative European perspectives that I feel a little bit foreign in the U.S. as well. And it's probably just going to grow in those feelings if I stay here, likely, right. long term. Right. So I'm then considering the things that your mom considered way back in the, well, we can say this, the 80s. We'll just leave it open. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm considering the things that you're saying right now. Will my kids have a place that they say is absolutely home? Mm -hmm. And is that place Germany? It, it will likely be that Germany is where they call home, which is interesting because it's not my culture mm -hmm. and it's not my husband's culture. It's going to be their culture, just like America was yours, even though neither of your parents were American. You know, thinking about my parents, they, they worked really hard to take what was so important to them and give that to me and my sister. And now as an adult, I can take those little nuggets and it helps bridge that gap for me too. And I really miss that European world a little bit. Like I just try to think of those things. What are some of the European values and traditions that you want to pass on to your children? So the table manners is a really big one. And I remember as a kid, always eating with fork and knife. And even as a kid, remembering my friends, if I'd go to their houses for dinner, because God forbid I had them at my house, uh, they weren't eating with fork and knife, but not only the kids, the parents, but as an adult, I see that so much more. And it's really not that big of a deal, but it's a big deal to me. And I just want them to have those kind of manners. The only thing I will say about European values, which would be very difficult to instill here, I personally think is Europeans have a very good mentality about doing what's good for everyone around them. Mm. We may have talked about this earlier, but American mentality is very like, this is my way. I'm going to do it this way. This is perfect for me. And I was raised to think what's best for everyone. And that doesn't always translate well in the American culture. So for my kiddos, I'm probably going to have to teach them to stand their ground and be individuals and you know take charge of their lives because otherwise I think they're going to be pummeled over. Think that I have to empower them to have that American thinking. That is a balance, isn't it? That you you appreciate the European value of doing things for the common good. Yes. But you understand that your children are growing up in America where that could be seen as a potential weakness and they need to show a little bit more strength in their individuality. Right. And I think we can see that just as the whole American mentality is work 40-hour work weeks, very little family family time. I mean, in America, we have thir three months of maternity leave, if that. A lot of companies only allow six weeks. So think about, you know, in Germany, Megan, you know, I mean, it's amazing what the European countries are offering. We just don't have that here on a, a lot of levels. So I am trying to balance that family life is super important. And that might mean not making millions or driving a fancy car. Those things don't matter. I just want my kids to understand travel is important. Well, travel is important to us and accepting new cultures and being with your family. That will always trump going to buy a fancy car or living in a huge house. That's my take home for my kids. And they may not agree with me, but that's okay too. 
But there are some American values and traditions that are really empowering and could be quite positive for your kids as well. What American things are you happy to have your children embrace? I do love the American mentality. They embrace people very quickly. Um, if you move into a new house, I mean, it's pretty true. Your neighbors come and meet you and bring you apple pie or brownies or something like that. And I think that's such a strong, strong thing America offers that neighbors are so important and getting to know people are so important and developing your neighborhood bonds. We have a family down the street that moved here from France and they're here for five years and if you ask the daughter what she loves the most about America, she'll say, and she's, she's maybe 10 years old, she'll say, I love how nice everybody is here. And mm. if I think about that, of course, sometimes I'm like, not everybody's nice here. But I think what she means is that we're all, Americans are all open and pretty mm. welcoming for the most part. And so for my kiddos, I want them to keep that for sure, and the American value. And I want them to work hard and I want them to be successful. I just need to make sure that they don't define success by materialistic things. But I am happy if my kids take whatever American value or tradition that they want into their grown-up lives. You know, if that's hot dogs and baseball games or apple pie and cookouts, I'm happy with that. And part of being American is to be free and you can be whomever you like. So, you know, more power to my kiddos. So then the final question is about the balancing. What is your favorite part for you personally, maybe from your growing up and your adult life, or now looking at your kids doing this balancing of Europe roots and American life? What has been kind of fun about that balance? You know, it's really great to have different influences in life in general, and I can really only speak about my own life, but I feel really lucky that my life included and still includes all those aspects. So my absolute favorite part is that I still get to live it. We're, we're very lucky that we travel still back and forth most often to Belgium, but we fit in nuggets of Germany time and, you know, hopefully we can meet in different places. Uh, so that is for me the best part that I still get to live it. I got to introduce it to my husband who embraces it fully. And that was very important to me. And and now my kids get to live it. And it's so fun to watch them love the things that I loved growing up. So and I always tell people, you know, Belgium is home to me as much as the US. And it's not that I don't like Germany as much as I like Belgium. It's just where we spent more of our time. But for me, I get the best of both worlds in my life, which is awesome. And the food, of course. And the beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, should I make you choose? If you could only live with one beer for the rest of your life, would you choose Belgian? And you can have all the Belgian beers or American and you can have all the American beers. Gosh, that's so easy. I definitely choose Belgian beer. <gasps> Even with the microbreweries? Yes. I'm sorry to all my American friends, but Belgian beers through and through. Okay. But hamburgers, America? Yeah. You can't beat a good old cheeseburger. Okay. We'll take both. That's the one meal that I missed every summer. My sister and I both ran for a cheeseburger when we landed back in the States. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Vanessa, for sharing your story and helping me understand a bit more about what my kids may go through as they balance cultures. 
They're so lucky to have someone in our immediate family that they can relate to in such a special way. Because someday, and I'm guessing sooner rather than later, I will be embarrassing my kids, and they will need someone to talk to. Auntie Ness will be there for them. Thank you for listening. This was Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchen.